listening to County Conversations, a podcast brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. Today's conversation focuses on mental health services and how they have changed throughout the pandemic. We're pleased to be joined by Tisha Cook, Director of the Mental Health Department in Madison County. The county has recently launched a mental health task force amid an increase in crisis calls, which you'll hear more about shortly. Uh, Tisha, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for asking me to be a part of that. So Tisha, can we start off, um, could you tell our listeners about Madison County? Where are you located in the state and what size population do you serve? Madison County is located between Onondaga County and Oneida County. So we are a rural county located between two um, urban centers. And the population is about 71,000 people. Great. So jumping right into our focus of the conversation today, could you talk a bit about when Madison County established a mental health crisis line? Sure. So I don't know exactly, but I can tell you I've worked here for 14 years and we've always had it. And it was in effect before then. And we have always kept it open to the community at large. So it's not just for the clients we serve at our outpatient clinic. It's for anyone that needs supportive services. And it is used, but and I think we will get here, but it's be definitely being used a lot more recently than it had been. Yeah, that kind of segues into my next question. Um, have you seen a change in the type or volume of calls since the pandemic started? So I would say prior to the pandemic, um, there were definitely days or nights that we did not get any calls. We staff at 24 hours. And so we get a log every day from our answering service of the calls. And there were often days that we didn't have any calls. Um, And in the past, it was really, I would say mainly used for really extreme crisis situations. So someone that's suicidal and might need to go to the hospital, um, someone with a child maybe acting out behaviorally and needed some assistance. And we work closely with our mobile crisis provider in the community. And if we need to dispatch them, we would do that in the past and we currently still do that. And then when the pandemic started, um, we definitely saw an increase in the volume. And I think right now we're on track to triple the calls from last year, which is pretty significant. And the calls range really kind of all over the map. You know, someone may be just having a bad day, um, maybe a parent whose child was refusing to do remote learning, and maybe a college student who um, their life got turned upside down by this. And I think we just really have, uh, not that we didn't understand the impact of COVID, but I think that historically our users were mostly people that were more severely mentally ill. And now it's kind of just anyone and everyone is using our services. So that is a a change. And for your staff, has there been any concern for the increased workload? Is there any uh, way that you've been managing and balancing the increase of calls and the increase of services that you, you are providing? So 
Yes. I mean, we, we try to be really creative. And so we have therapists at the outpatient clinic who have caseloads of clients. And in general, we don't use them for crisis coverage unless they have openings or that type of thing. We have a handful of clinical supervisors who rotate the daytime coverage. And then after hours, we have an on-call system where people get a little bit of a stipend to do that. But having said that, we did go to our county um, government to say that we really could use an extra social work position to handle some of this influx of new clients and new calls. And they did allow us to advertise for another position and we are in the process of hiring. So that is very exciting. Great. Um, so in the shift uh, brought on by the pandemic, um, Madison County has recently established a mental health task force. Um, what kind of expertise do the folks on the task force bring and what kind of goals are you looking to establish for the county? So Chairman John Becker had this idea of pulling together a group of people from the county to talk about the impact of COVID and the recovery of the community. You know, as I kind of mentioned earlier, we all went through this pandemic and we've never experienced something like this in our in our lifetime. And I don't know about you, but I certainly had bad days during the pandemic and I think we probably all did. And I think it really has um, opened people's eyes and taken away some of the stigma of mental health services and helped everyone kind of see that that everyone in some way is impacted by mental health or the lack thereof. And so Chairman Becker felt like he wanted to convene this group. And on the group are myself, our county administrator, Mark Simone, Clifford Moses, who's the vice chairman of the board. We have our DSS commissioner, Mike Fitzgerald, our director of public health, Eric Feist, our emergency management director, Dan DeGear. And then we've hired a consultant to kind of help us through that process. And we really want to develop kind of short-term, mid-range, and long-term goals to help the community recover from COVID. And the first part of what we're doing is a really comprehensive needs assessment. You know, I didn't want this to be Tisha Cook saying, this is what I think the community needs. We really wanted to hear from schools and businesses and community members about where they think the problems are or the lack of services, and then think about ways to develop those services or programs. And we started doing an assessment of the schools um, at the beginning of June, and we got a good response. And so now we're kind of moving on to assessing or getting feedback from the larger community. And then we have some focus groups that we've identified that Matt Russa is helping us with. Great. Um, is there any kind of feedback that you've received so far, even just with the announcement of the task force? Like, does the community seem receptive to this initiative? Yes, it seems like people are very receptive. I know the schools were very um, excited to be able to give feedback. And we also asked parents for feedback on their kids. And we got a pretty good response. And we anticipate that we'll get a good response from the community as a whole. I think that 
people have, you know, there's some groups that know, knew that there were needs and in, in um, the population or um, different programs that they wished maybe our county had. So I think this is giving people the opportunity to voice that, those concerns and, and those, um, you know, wishes for, for what they want to help recover. Awesome. That is just great. Um, I do want to um, touch back on something that you had said, sure. like everybody, um, you know, has had a bad day at some point during this pandemic, yeah. maybe, you know, a series of them um, for the, for your staff and for your, you know, the therapists and for the folks providing services, um, how do you balance the services that they provide to the community with, um, you know, taking care of their own mental health? That's a good question. And one of these um, identified focus groups or populations that we want to focus on through this assessment process are our employees. And so I think the pandemic, um, you know, let's take our public health department, for example, they worked 24 seven for however many months. And we at our department offered them some support throughout the pandemic at different times. And I think that was really well received. And we want to hear also from our employees, not just in this department, but in all the departments about what is needed. And for our employees specifically, I think that, or I know that the ability to work from home and continue that in a permanent fashion is really something that has helped with morale and quality of life. And if anything, it has increased our productivity and people are feeling very energized and like they can do more and they're not just in an office all day and can kind of, you know, you have a good balance. Yeah. Is this uh, something that you feel like uh, will permanently change the way that you operate things? Are you thinking that there'll be more of a shift towards work from home? I think that our county has done a really great job throughout the pandemic, really being on the forefront of thinking different aspects of how our life has changed through and really being, um, really embracing those aspects that have worked really well for departments. And prior to the pandemic, no one worked from home really in any department ever. And now there are some departments really embracing it and doing very well, and ours is one of them. So yes, I mean, the county has, has verbalized that, that they definitely feel that work, the ability to work from home is both a retention and a recruitment issue, and they want to continue it long-term. And you know how departments kind of implement that could be different across departments, but we have the ability to do that. So speaking of the county, um... And with the new task force, have you heard of any other um, counties who have similar initiatives? And is there anything that you've learned going into pulling together this task force and, you know, the outlook on the services that you provide going forward from the pandemic, post lockdown, et cetera? Um, any ideas like that that you've taken from other counties throughout the state? So I only know of one other county that's doing a task force and I can't remember where it is. I can probably go through back through my emails and find it. But there is another county that right, basically at the same time we put out a press release saying we were doing one, maybe the day before they put one out. 
And but other than that, there's not anyone else, at least in the central New York region, that that is doing anything similar. So we're really on the forefront of this. And therefore, we're kind of blazing a trail. So hopefully people will learn things from us and, and maybe we will have some good feedback for them. And I think, you know, in terms of planning or kind of implementing things, I've been pretty open about, I think that there will be things that come or ideas that will come up from this task force that we will say, we want to do this ourselves at the county because, you know, we feel like we would do it the best and we have kind of the infrastructure to do that. And then I think there's other things that we may look to community providers to kind of help establish or expand their services or that type of thing. So I really foresee, um, you know, a partnership going forward with, with lots of community agencies. And then internally, we may decide to do some things as well. Great. Um, and speaking of your partners, um, have your other partners in mental health treatment seen an uptick in the severity and volume of individuals uh, coming to their practices, seeking services um, related to the pandemic or otherwise? Yes, I think they have. Um, there's two other smaller clinics in the county, but I have heard from them that they have had more people seeking services. They don't do kind of a crisis line like we do, so that is a little bit undefined. But um, I do, I do think that they are seeing an uptick. Yes. Beyond the crisis line, um, what other services and supports does Madison County offer for people struggling with their mental health? Okay, so um, we'll go through a little bit of what we do here at the clinic. So we have an outpatient clinic and we have 14 therapists and four supervisors. And then we also have a small satellite clinic of two therapists located at our DSS building. And we all told we have about 1,200 clients who come to see us for services. And we do individual therapy, group therapy, um, and also medication management. So we have two nurse practitioners, a medical director, and an RN. So that's, that's kind of the clinical services. We are just in the process. Um, within the next few days, we are actually going to begin operating a peer recovery center. So a local agency had that contract and we are actually going to be hiring their peer staff and they'll be kind of affiliated with our department, but they'll be their own standalone program. So that we're kind of excited about that because that's our first foray into peer services. I'm not sure if you know, are familiar with kind of peer recovery and what that is. Oh, if you could go into detail on that, I would be very interested. Okay, so um, the state has really spent a lot of effort and um, given a lot of guidance about peer services, both for substance abuse services and for mental health. So peer services are non, they're not clinical, but they are People who are peers have life experience as having lived with a mental illness and now have moved into recovery. And so they're there to offer support to people in the community. And, you know, sometimes people don't want to come to the to a clinic for clinical services, or maybe they're intimidated, or maybe it's just they're not interested. 
but the peers maybe can can work with them in a different way to help them really um, live their best life. And that might mean assisting them in, you know, how to apply for jobs or, or how to interview, or maybe it's um, trying some different social activities to see if there's a new experience that would help them kind of rediscover their joy. And so we have this recovery center in our community where people can either drop in or schedule appointments to get support from the certified peers. So that will be our program in a couple of days. Oh, that sounds so exciting. Yes, we are really excited. Because that's a, a different method of providing services that can really have a, a deep impact. Yes. That's great. So Yes, for sure. So I know that they're not technically then like county employees, but um, another question that I just had was, um, so in the department, how many, how many um, folks on your staff do you have? So they actually will be county employees. So we'll have, okay. we'll have three people in that program. And then here in the department, all of those people I just talked about, and then we have a bunch of supportive staff and administrators. We have about 30, I think about 34 people, 35. Good. I wanted to talk about one other thing that I think that we do well here. Um, I don't know if you've heard of crisis intervention teams. Um, I'm a little familiar, but if you could go into detail, I'm sure it'll benefit our listeners. Okay, so crisis intervention teams are typically a joint effort between the police and mental health departments. And um, there's specific training that police officers have to go through a week long, 40 hour training. And the goal of it is to help the police learn how to interact with individuals that are mentally ill in a more kind of positive and productive way, hopefully to avoid an arrest is the main goal or or even a trip to the hospital. So we have been doing this program for about four, five years. We had a We had a training about five years ago, and we've done a couple of trainings, and I facilitate a monthly meeting between the police and a lot of the behavioral health agencies in the community. So that is another place that we attempt to really talk through how things are being handled in the county and and to make sure that, you know, there's a positive outcome for everyone and people are getting referred to the services they need. Um, We also have an offshoot of that, which is a 911 diversion project. So in the past, if someone, either the individual or like a concerned family member called 911 and said, oh, um, Joe is feeling like he wants to hurt himself, 911 would have to dispatch either the ambulance or the police, and a lot of times both. And honestly, that's a lot of times not what the people need. So we have worked with 911 and now 911 does some triaging and they triage calls directly to us on our crisis line. So they can link right to a licensed social worker and then the individual can can speak with someone and we can kind of either link them to services or dispatch mobile crisis if we need it. And that has been very positive. We just started that a couple of months ago. Oh, that's phenomenal. It is very, it's going well. 
and have you heard positive feedback from your counterparts in 911 and in the police um, you know, office? Have you heard some positive feedback from them about this program as well? Yes. So what has been good is we have a really strong connection with our 911 director. And so um, I'm going to say troubleshoot, but that's not even the best word. I would say process. Sometimes if there's an interesting, you know, call that has come in, we might go back and forth in an email to talk it out and um, talk about how it went. Or, you know, if we get a call, if 911 has gotten calls and they're not sure exactly what to do, then he'll link with us. And so I think for 911, it has been very positive to have that additional resource um, of us. And we've gotten some um, feedback from clients that it has been helpful to be able to talk to a therapist when normally they, you know, the police would go or, or an ambulance. With this uh, program and with some of the other initiatives that we've been talking about, um, I've been thinking about the, you know, the, the stigma that there is surrounding mental health, and you've mentioned it before. Um, is there any stigma that you would like to dispel or any like myths or anything that are prevalent in the services that you provide that you would just like to, you know, take out of circulation, if you would? <laughs> well, I just think, you know, when people think of mental health, they think of, uh, you know, a homeless person on the streets, maybe like talking to themselves. And yes, potentially that could be a person with mental health issues. But I, I think that this pandemic has really shown all of us that we all really on any given day could be struggling um, with anxiety or depression. And I, I don't know that people defined, quote, mental health in that way before the pandemic. And now it just seems like people are more open to say, hey, look, you know, my kid is struggling or, hey, guess what? It was terrible being um, home with my kids for a year and a half while they did remote schooling. And I really struggled. And I just feel I, I hope that there's a lasting impact of us being able to talk about this stuff openly and people feeling comfortable and that not and not judged about things. The initiatives that you are putting forth sound like they are going to just really impact that and really you know steer people away from this negative stigma and these you know harmful mindsets around mental right. health. So yes, I hope so. For sure. Right. Um, now for our you know counterparts of yours, the county officials who are listening in on this podcast, is there any advice that you would offer them with the field of mental health going forward post lockdown and, you know, looking forward to post pandemic? Oh, geez. Um, I know that's kind of broad. So. <laughs> I just think that, you know, mental, the mental health department Sometimes my experience has been sometimes people don't know exactly what the department does or what services are offered. And I would encourage people just to ask questions to find out because I guarantee that they're doing important work in the communities. But sometimes, you know, we're not we're not the best about advertising it and we're caught up doing other things. And so I just really come from a place of constant education and openness. And I would just 
encourage everyone to kind of do the same and really, um, you know, ask questions if you're unsure. That's great advice. Great advice across the board as we uh, transition. <laughs> so I want to thank you again so, so much sure. for taking time out of your day to have this conversation. And I'm looking forward to hearing more about the, uh, the task force and the other okay. initiatives that you've got going in Madison County. All right. Thank you so much, Kate. Nice to meet you. Thank you for listening to this episode of County Conversations. Make sure to keep tuning in each Monday for new episodes and subscribe to stay up to date.